Hello, I'm Chris. And I'm Jillian. Welcome to Dead to Us, our first podcast on the JK Podcast Network, where we will be discussing one of our favorite shows, Dead to Me, on Netflix. We are going to be talking about season two, so if you haven't seen season one, make sure you go back and get caught up. In this podcast, we will be talking about episode four, Between You and Me, in season two. There will be spoilers, so be sure to watch episodes one through four before listening. Before we discuss the episode, as always, some of the language in our podcast may not be suitable for young children. Jumping into episode four, we're going to talk about some moments of suspense. They had a few throughout the show, and it started right away with... Jen um, not knowing where her phone is as they're in the car driving back from burying a body. Is there anything scarier than thinking you lost your phone? Not even uh, considering the fact that she would have lost her phone burying a body. I know our phones are just such a part of our lives now. And, and they're, you know, they have all of our information in there. So they definitely tell who we are. So it's scary not to have it and want to be able to use it, but then also to possibly have it identify us next, next to a body. Yeah, that's another level of scary. And this uh, show does a really, really good job with the suspense in a fun way. Uh, first, having, uh, having her terrified that she lost the phone and then, oh, yeah, wait, here it is after she scared herself and Judy to death. <laughs> And then to have the um, police officer come up to the car, the way it was shot, it was scary. You're like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? It turned out it wasn't what they feared. (laughs) Right. She got called on having the phone in her hand, which (laughs) they were just (laughs) irony. Yeah, exactly. They were so relieved to have the phone. And then, oh, my gosh, she did have a quick cover, though, to say it was a GPS. You know, that's what she was looking for. But. Yeah, that kept you on your toes right there. Yeah, good thing you didn't see the shovels in the trunk because what she say they were foraging uh, yes. in the middle of the forest, in the middle of the night. So, uh, yeah, so that, that was lucky. Yeah, the suspense, a uh, lot of good suspense in the show. I always say the show has realistic realistic, multi-layered characters in exaggerated but for me that's the perfect blend that's that's what i like to see Mm -hmm. yeah it keeps it keeps you coming back and it keeps you interested so so go ahead well i was thinking another um piece of suspense i don't i don't know if it fits into the suspense category but i was thinking when um when they ran into karen's husband jeff Oh, that was a great scene. That might be more where we're going to talk about predictions later on. Yeah, but it does tie into the theme of secrets in the show because now uh, Jen and Judy know a secret, what we presume is a secret about Jeff, who is Karen's husband, Karen, the uh, the nosy neighbor, the, the wacky neighbor. Mm-hmm. So now we know a secret about him and we're not sure does Karen know or not, but he seemed to be at the hotel with a lover. 
So uh, that's only good for Jen and Judy because now they probably have something in their pocket that they could use as leverage. Maybe we don't know in case they need him to keep a secret like they were there being filthy after burying Steve in the forest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's always, it's always fun when there's these little pieces that are put into the show that, you know, you think, well, how is this going to play out? You know, it could, it could show up later in different ways. We're not sure. We're always trying to figure it out. Not sure, but at him, it was uh, pretty surprising, but also pretty funny how that went down. Yes, definitely. <laughs> And uh, speaking of uh, the hotel where they went uh, to go um, clean up after the forest, uh, uh, lot, lots of stuff happened at the hotel and a lot of good character reveals and also good funny stuff that happened there. Yes, definitely. So uh, as far as uh, delving more into character, we have um, Judy, who was feeling really sad that she didn't get to say goodbye to Steve when they were burying him in the forest. And she starts telling Jen about, you know, that, of course, is very sad for her. He was her fiance, even though um, he was abusive, we could say. Mm -hmm. And Jen actually cries because she sees that Judy really did love him, but also what a loving person Judy is. And it makes her sad and also makes her sad, of course, because what we know, what the audience knows, what Judy doesn't know is that Jen killed him, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and of course, Jen is saying it's out of self-defense, but it was really not quite that she sort of released her anger um, in response to his, you know, abusive statements. So, um, so it's a little different than she's playing it out, but it does, it does give us a chance to see um, Jen's kind of softer side to see that, you know, she's open with the fact that she's trying to be loving and supportive of Judy as she's um, grieving and, um, and that she's honest about it. She's like, I don't know how to do this. So um, she's making an effort because Judy matters to her. So we see, we see that that I think one of the themes is that there's just no black and white. Um, there's a lot of gray with people and how they can be good and bad and everything in between. And, and also some of the things that, um, that Judy shared about Steve was really insightful. Definitely. And, and um, I like that besides we're, we're seeing a softer side of Jen, it's sort of almost a little bit of role reversal here mm -hmm. because she's the one trying to comfort Judy and Judy wasn't really in the mood for that. Then even back in the hotel room, can I, can I get you a, a salon treatment? How about a, a mani-pedi something? And Judy just, you know, I just don't want to talk about it. And, you know, she just wants to, to grieve in her own way. But it is good that we get to see that side of Jen and also the side of Judy that's not, you know, kind of perky. Yeah, she was definitely spent after that. I mean, partly the emotional aspect, but then, you know, they were talking about how, you know, they had to dig and dig and then they had to dump a body and it just physically they were exhausted also. So. Yeah, that. 
That would do it. Yeah, definitely. It's like a really big day of gardening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Foraging, as it were. Yes. And um, the episode has a lot, um, lot to say about saying goodbye, saying goodbye. So mm-hmm. she felt like she didn't get her proper goodbye to Steve, which she does get later in the episode in a way. Um when they're burying when they're burying that bird and she does get to sing uh one of what was one of my favorite songs what was my dad's favorite song actually uh mama Cass's version of dream a little dream of me we hear that version and before then we hear judy sing that so we hear judy sing uh her version of dream a little dream of, of me and linda cardellini does just such a lovely version it was just so beautiful and ostensibly she's singing that um to help henry with his grief burying the mama bird but really in her mind she's singing that as her way to say her goodbye to steve and while she's sing- singing the song we see a really beautiful montage of her relationship with Steve. And I feel like it's pretty honest and poignant in that first we see a lot of love between them and laughter and they're in bed together and everything looks great. And then that changes. And then she sees him screaming at her. I think he was screaming things at her like, shut up. You're so stupid. Why don't you ever fucking listen? And Mm-hmm. Uh, help me if I forgot anything. No, that's that's right. That's um, exactly what they were showing us, and it it um, you know it's kind of how when we are first you know breaking up with somebody or divorcing or somebody dies that we romanticize things. So she had been remembering all of these touching moments, and she had shared earlier about sides of Steve that were surprising we hadn't heard about. So that was another area of where we were seeing that people aren't black and white. And um, and so she was remembering those good things, but then it was, you know, a healthy step for her to, to remember the other side also, that it wasn't perfect. And, you know, it is time to let go. I mean, you, you have to anyway, because he's gone, but, but also that, um, it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, people don't want to look at the, the bad memories because it's just too painful. Mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking of the way we were, right? Sounds like Barbara Streisand lyrics, but mm-hmm. uh, even, even further than that though, uh, what she is picturing really what she's remembering is uh the stereotypical abusive relationship because there are the the wonderful parts mm-hmm. and, uh the charming partner but it's uh always followed by uh the abusive episodes and he was charming a few days later mm-hmm. so but it it really painted a, a pretty accurate picture i think of of more accurate picture than we've seen probably of what her relationship with him 
was really like. It'll be interesting also as we get to learn more about Judy's past and more about her, mm-hmm. what, what led to that relationship. And I, I'd like to learn more about her. I'd also love to learn more about Jen's background too. So hopefully we will this season and uh, hopefully comes back next season also. Yeah, yeah. I'm, they've mentioned their mother, so I'm waiting to see um, right. if if there's more information forthcoming. I would like to hear about their backgrounds as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's time for our uh, favorite quotes of the episode. And every episode in this show always has a bunch of funny quotes. And I think I'm going to start off with um, in the diner when uh when jen says guess i'm gonna guess i'm gonna have the cherry about the pie and she's pretty nonplussed about that that dry cherry pie and then there's no whipped cream left for her to even dollop on top so i like that yeah yeah there there wasn't a whole lot of um choice there and the waitress wasn't really um eager to to make sure she was happy (laughs) with what she was getting True. And then they were, when uh, Jen and Judy were sitting at the diner, there were some really funny lines. And again, that's what's so great about the show. All this uh, really scary, horrible stuff happening. And there's still time for, for dancing, for fun, for cracking jokes. Uh, so when they're sitting in the diner, uh, Jen says to Judy, not everything's like fucking Disney movies about to start fucking castle fucking sparkle time. Mm -hmm. And uh, remember Tinkerbell at the beginning of the wonderful world of Disney. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And actually it's still, uh, didn't she still come out before the Disney movies at the beginning? So I guess, uh, guess that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the fantasy. It's not the reality. Yep. And then um, Jen says, we're not in Snow White here. We're in fucking Scarface. <laughs> yeah. And then Judy says, well, I haven't seen that movie. And Jen says, no girls have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I have a long time ago, but probably in bits and pieces. How about you? Yeah, I've only seen bits and pieces. And it, you know, like Jen says, you know, yeah, I haven't either, but we know what it's about. So, you know, it's definitely well known, even if you haven't seen it. But yeah. And I I think if I'm getting the story right, I hope I'm not messing this up. I think the group Blink 182 got their name from Scarf from the movie Scarface because I believe uh, the word fuck was used 182 times. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Well, Jen might be catching up on the show. True. (laughs) And uh, there were some funny lines at the hotel when Jen tells the hotel clerk uh, that she's here on a gal's weekend with her beef fry. I like that beef fry. I don't know that one before. Have you? No. So I think that might be a new catchphrase. We'll see if it it keeps going. True enough. True (laughs) enough. And uh, the guy at the bar, what I think was called Whispers and Winks, which is so perfect at the hotel bar, he had some uh, really great funny lines. Uh, Let's see. He said uh, he he wanted uh, Judy to dance with him, and Jen just uh, 
comes in the middle and says, does it look like my friend wants to dance? Read the room, fucko. Like, perfect, right? Yes, yeah, because they're over there hugging and sobbing, and he just decides to interrupt and ask one of them to dance. That's, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right? Uh, we've all been there. Well, maybe not hugging and sobbing at the, at the club or at the <laughs> bar, but obviously not wanting some guy to come bother you, right? Yeah. And you're in in the middle of a serious discussion. And then Jen even says, those girls look like they might kill themselves. Maybe they want to get a nice jig in before they jump off the bridge. So then they're both like kind crying and laughing at that point. Yes. Yeah. And that was um, the same scene where um, they were talking about how Steve was, Judy was talking about how Steve was her person, even though he wasn't perfect. Um, and uh, that's where Jen showed her softer side. She started crying and um, and they were hugging. And of course, Judy fell back into her. I don't want you to feel bad. But then Jen actually asked Judy to be, uh, will you be my person? I thought that was very touching. It was. That made me teary. It was touching. And then I believe was the, uh, the funny little exchange about Karen's husband, Jeff, who uh, they ran into at the hotel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Judy very innocently says, um, you don't think those two guys were just here on a business um, trip. And Jen says, oh, no, those two guys are attached at the dick. Yeah, that that was perfect. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that in our predictions. That could go a number of different ways, but that's definitely a, a story point that I'm sure we'll come back to. Mm-hmm. And there's another line in this episode that was really touching. And again, my point to uh, a prediction Mm -hmm. when Shandy comes back with her mother to tell Jen that as it turns out, the dog, Christopher's dog, didn't really kill the bird. It was Shandy who says that she squeezed the bird too tightly, which I'm not sure if that's on purpose or by accident. Are you? Uh, Yeah, I kind of question that myself. I, I don't know. Yeah, and and she was really afraid about having to tell Henry because she said he's my best friend, and I don't think she has a lot of friends. So uh, Jen felt bad for her, I think, and said sometimes people need a friend more than they need the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was when um, Shandy was, she was afraid either Jen was going to tell Henry or they were going to make shandy tell henry so she just really didn't want to lose him as a friend so if that was yeah that that was an interesting statement for for jen and judy's relationship so um we'll see if she still feels that burning desire she's been feeling to confess to um, judy about steve's murder Yeah, and that leads to predictions. I predict, I don't know how or when, but at some point, Judy is going to find out. Yeah, yeah, it'll, that'll be interesting. And, you know, at the very end where Henry finds the murder weapon, which happens to be the bird, which um, I don't know what it's made out of. (laughs) I wonder if it's wood or it's definitely not like glass or porcelain because she beat, she beat him to death with it. But, um, I, I almost wonder if it's even metal or something, but um, hmm. yeah, I wonder if somehow Jen, Judy is going to see that and think, um, you know, 
you use that to kill him in self-defense? You know, I don't know if that's going to unfold that some information. Oh, remind me, did Henry pick up the bird and take it with him? Mm -hmm. uh, the star bird? Yeah, he picked it up out of the dirt. And um, and I don't know that it showed him walking off, but he had it in his hand. And he kind of looked, right. you know, quizzical, like, why is this out here? Yeah, and then we have uh, at the end, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to predict about this. When Charlie sees what uh, we think is Ted's car in, in the storage unit, and he seems pretty jazzed about it because he kept asking his mom for a car. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if he has the keys or knows where the keys are or something. I think that I predict that car is leaving that unit that night. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. He went out there cause she, she had been telling him she was going to get dad's bike and, or he was going to get to have the bike. Right. And so she was saying, well, it's in the storage units when I have time to get out to the storage unit. So he went out on his own and saw the car and yeah, I, I bet the keys are probably in the car in the storage unit. So yeah, it, he, he said something like, like, fuck yeah, mom. Like, I don't know if he thinks the car is for him or um, or if he just thinks, well, you know, he's a teenager and he's going to just take it. Why not? So we'll see what happens. Getting in the car, though, if that is the case, but I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I'm wondering about here is uh, – What's going to happen with Judy mailing back that piece of petrified rock back to where Steve took it in that forest? Uh, they, they keep bringing us back to the rock. And is that going to lead to something else? Or I think you had mentioned that maybe she considers it like it was giving them bad luck and now their luck will get better. I don't know, but I think we're going to be seeing more about that rock. Yeah, it, it, they made a point to show it. So I, I have a feeling it has some meaning. And I'm thinking, you know, my concern was that Judy believing in this so much that she might think, okay, well, this, yeah, our luck is going to change. So she might lower her guard and think, oh, we're okay. But, you know, it's mm. not okay when you've killed somebody and hidden the body. You got to, I think you need to stay on your guard. Yeah, unless... Uh... Unless Ben has something to do with this. We had, we didn't see him this episode. Yeah, we didn't see Detective Perez, but we know she's she's not letting us go. Yeah, I don't know. Any more predictions, Chris? Well, I'm I'm hoping to see Karen and Jeff again and see, you know, if <laughs> if Karen um, knows about Jeff's little sideline and is just, you know, okay with that or they have some sort of arrangement. I mean, Jeff was definitely didn't really seem to want Jen to see him there. So there's something that he's worried about. I don't know if it could be his business, like, you know, that he doesn't want it getting out. But um, which also I think will come in handy if um, they need to get rid of some film or some footage of the oh. night of the murder. And they have some something to negotiate with. Good thinking. Um, I think it will somehow tie back into the main plot, although part of me would really like to see Karen thinking uh, she's single again and out 
out with the gals, so to speak. And wouldn't you love to see a scene of her going out somewhere with Jen and Judy dancing or oh yeah, yeah, and, clubbing? Wouldn't that be just hilarious? Oh yeah, I don't, I can't imagine what it looks like when Karen cuts loose. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't get enough of that character. She's hilarious. Yeah, there's some really fun characters. Yes, quirky, different, fun. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for listening to Dead to Us. You can like us, rate us, and subscribe. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Podcast, and Radio Public. You can email us any Dead to Me topic that you would like us to discuss at jkpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail. Thanks for listening and make sure to come back. Bye. Until next time. Bye.